This is What Else Is There To Talk About podcast. Here we are going to be talking about everything from sports to current events, yoga, the divine masculine and feminine energies, and anything and everything between and around. So buckle up, buttercups, and let's roll. Welcome back, What Else Warriors. I am so excited to be with you guys this Sunday. Two weeks just feels like such an eternity to be away from you guys. And even though we are not physically with each other, I can still feel your energy from just you guys listening to each and every single episode, which I am so grateful for. I can't even explain it. And when I tell you I have been buzzing and when I say buzzing I mean literally buzzing throughout my entire body with so mind body with so much creative energy as we come to the closing of this season we are almost at episode 12 and I'm starting to develop so many different things in so many different areas but especially for the next season when you guys find out what else there is to talk about it's really going to blow your mind. I am not going to give any spoilers away, but I promise you it's going to be amazing. And I can't wait. I can't wait for you guys to find out. It's going to be phenomenal. But before we get into anything else, my co-host, you guys know her, you guys love her, JJ and I, we're about to find out what else is happening. So, JJ, what do you want to talk about? Sir, so, what else is happening? We got a couple things we get to talk about today. What do you want to talk about first? I don't know. What do you want to talk about? All right. Well, on April 6th um, of this year, I had saw a report. It was a couple of days later, though, that I saw it. Um, the founder of Cash App. His name was Bob Lee. Mind you, I have no idea like who even found the cash out prior to seeing this report. Um, but I heard that he was, or I read that he was sad. In California, um, he was 43 years old. He had like a family and all that stuff. This happened in San Francisco. He tried to get help. I saw um, they released like the video of what happened and I saw that like he tried to get help prior to um, him passing away. He didn't make it to the hospital, the reports had um, said, but he didn't make it tragically. Uh, however, at the end of the report, which you know what I do by nature uh, professionally, but it is sad that he died, but what kind of made me roll my eyes a little bit at the report was because again by nature of what I do forward. It said that in the report um since April 6th there have been 12 homicides in San Francisco which is like a 20% increase um for that for this year and the total number of homicides in San Francisco is 50 was 56 in 2022 which was the exact same number um of homicides in 2021 the number again was 56 and I said I had to roll my eyes at it because we live in Philadelphia and 
to hear 56 homicides in an entire year, like that's a dream number for me. So I'm curious, like what your thoughts are about that number? And like, what do you think that the San Francisco Police Department thinks that they're doing wrong? Cause I, I'm real curious. I, I honestly do not know. You know, I don't live in San Francisco, so I don't get like their daily news and stuff like that. Right. So, um, I really, really don't have any comments about that. Like, uh, and honestly, I don't really believe that that's the number. You should be happy that that's the number if it really is. Right. Like, I, I, that's normal to me. I don't. But isn't that like such a sad thing to say too? Like to hear fifty-six homicides in one year, like that's a normal number. It's the way of the world. There are three hundred and sixty-five days out of a year. Fifty-six homicides? That's not even that's what, two, three months worth of time? Maybe. That's a summer for us. Give or take. Honestly. That's like how about try 40-something homicides in a day and then get back to me. Yeah. A literal day in different parts of the city. Very true. So, so very true. And they're not even connected. And it's, even if they are connected, it's still crazy. Yeah. Well, moving right along then. Seriously, though, like, we can talk about TikTok because it also ties into school shootings. So we'll first talk about TikTok. It's funny. What's happening on TikTok? Tell me about TikTok. Well, apparently, they're trying to ban TikTok for whatever reason because they think that it's giving their kids a bad influence. Who is they? The Congress, the government, in in actuality. It's it's the government. So they're trying to pass a law which allows Joe Biden to ban TikTok in the U.S. They already banned it in Montana. Where is Montana? But sure. Yeah, it's right. The most random place in America, right? I mean, like, I would have been like, okay, Arizona, okay, Denver, okay, Ohio, especially Ohio, because you know, and I'd be like, I would have been like, okay, Jersey, because anything's legal in Jersey, everything's legal in Jersey, yeah. It's so I was, I really was like, oh, Montana. You know, and people people are like, the 12 people who in Montana are mad. The 12 people who have TikTok in Montana are upset. Yeah. I don't mean to laugh, but okay. Yeah. The most random place. Who genuinely lives in Montana? Let me know. Like, who, who lives in Montana? I'm very clueless to that. It's, it's just not one of the places that I'd first thought. So you start with the irrelevant places first and then you go move on to the popular places. That's just like a pilot project. What? You know how like when you pilot, like 
when the government wants a pilot project or something, so they like start in the most random of places. Like Area 51? <laughs> what? I don't know, maybe. What? Is it Area 51 in Arizona? No, I thought it was in Nevada. Maybe Nevada. Is it, ain't that area? No, that's not. That's Arizona. Vegas. Yeah, that's Vegas, and I know it's somewhere in the desert. Yeah. Is Arizona in the desert? No, I'm talking about Area 51. Yeah. Hey, we're getting off the subject. <laughs> <laughs> what? Anyway. Okay. So yeah. Montana's like their pilot project. Or banning TikTok. They're trying to incite something. That's what they're trying to do. Yeah, I, I feel that too. That, whatever. But the stupid Congress, the government, decided that they wanted to hold, what was it, a, a press conference? Something like that? Uh, It's a congressional hearing conference. Yeah, okay. Well, a hearing. And they told this man, they asked, they, they asked this man, Mr. Chu, CEO of TikTok, they asked him about home Wi-Fi. Now I don't know. I think it was the the uh, was like the governor of uh, South Carolina, something like that. He's he's, he's somewhere in the Carolinas, and he asked he asked him, does TikTok connect and steal data from my home Wi-Fi? Sir, sir, are you serious? He was. No, sir. Unless you turn on your Wi-Fi, how would he be able to connect to it? That's that's crazy. You need to to execute your your questions better. Cause if you if you give dumb questions, you're gonna get dumb answers. And you do and they say there are no dumb questions. Listen, you make everyone look bad with those questions. And you look at the people like genuinely, who who are we letting run this world? And people say that they don't need a leader or anything. Everyone needs a leader. Everyone needs a leader. Because people There's don't a know though between being like a leader and then just like running something, you know? Yeah, but people people need someone to tell them what to do true because they don't they don't know what to do people need people to tell them what to do like genuinely people need someone to to give them a direction and then be mad at the person because they're not doing the job correctly then you come up here and do it to a degree, I agree with that statement yeah. because people do need someone to give them guidance. But if you yeah. don't have to a degree, yes, leader to give you guidance, yeah, what to do, then that's how we end up. Yeah, and and to be honest, I I don't I don't really blame. Well, I, I blame them, but you have to understand, people act like they can come up and do the job, right. That's also a misconception within society. You act like you can come up here and do my job better than I do my job. Right. Come up here then. Do it. People hate on presidents because they believe that they can do the job better. People hate on celebrities, singers, because they think they can sing better than them. Come up here and do it then. If you can sing better than me, you would have had a record deal by now. 
Like and so, the, and the thing about it too is that you, it's you can not stop. Just having you can the stop. Vocal ability. It's, it's so much more that ties into that. There's right. so many laws in place that block people from being able to do what they do. So you can't be mad at someone who has limited resources. They can only create limited process, limited change. Right. It's it's everything in the world is limited. And you have your ancestors to thank for that. Absolutely. Thank your ancestors because without them, some of this stuff probably wouldn't even have happened by now. Right. Very true. So like and then hold on. The other man decided that he wanted to ask Mr. Chu about pupil dilation. Another Congress um person. Yeah, pupil dilation. What? What does that have to do with TikTok? You say that the TikTok access my my photos and cameras. Yes, if you allow it. And then tell us some pupil dilation is that tie into I don't even know what he said because it was such buffoonery. What are you talking about, sir? Did you say buffoonery or buffoonery? Buffoonery. Yeah. What what are you what are you talking about, sir? They need to know where your eyes are. If you want to put on a filter and make a video, they have to know where your eyes are. Right. Like, so yes, they will access your camera. Unless you allow it. And you can either hit allow or do not allow. Yeah. Your phones always ask you. What, but, who do you, but what does that have to do with banning TikTok? Because they're in your privacy. People are in your privacy every single day. You don't see all these celebrities complain. Well, they do complain. Right. But it's like you chose to go on the field. You kind of knew what you were getting into. People will talk. People will do whatever people do. Right. People will be flip-flopping. It's the way of social media, the way of the world. You you can't, like, what, what, do, you, what do you expect? I really don't know what the expectation is of social media. That's the thing. What is the expectation of social media? I don't understand. From this media. degree. Because remember... Like when I was growing up, which you're probably too young to remember, or maybe you do, fine. Yeah, I remember fine. The only expectation we had was this 30 second video of yeah. entertainment. <laughs> it was either to, to, you know, show you um, a little snippet of a song that was about to come out, or Listen. show you something funny, or show you a trend of something like that's all it was there was no expectation yeah it was creativity right it was was originality it was originality people don't know how to be original anymore because so many people have reused and reused all these formulas and they're not working as they used to algorithms yes yes now see back then when vine was present from 2016 down Amazing years for music, for for content. Amazing years. What happened to that? Amazing years for beauty. Using MySpace. Amazing, amazing years for beauty too. And and that's the whole misconception of social media is that they want to be this one thing, which can't be that. It's already it's already been used and tried. It's tired. But you know what the problem is? It's not enough. 
nothing is ever nope, no one is ever satisfied no one's exactly. ever satisfied back when vine was present youtube was in its prime oh. all those prank videos all the funny now it's like where what happened know, but you know what what happened nick cannon and kevin hart brought it back just a little bit with their show uh prank wars because their, that show is funny. It's a little bit kind of It's like, literally oh, a recycled of prank or, or punked. Uh, yeah, a punk. A punk. Sure and it. that it's is a recycle of something that happened back then. I forget the name, but it was something back then on MTV. And then they redid it with Ashton Kutcher. And then they redid it again with, with Kevin. Prank wars. Yeah. Prank wars. Yes. But it's listen, literally it's still, a recycled formula. It, it's for like. Every age now, because yeah. I had Ashton Kutcher growing up, and now like kids now, they have Nick Kevin Hart. I had Ashton Kutcher too. I thought he was funny. Cannon. So you know, it's it's it. it. you know, with the time. Don't discount my age. I was born in '09. Okay, okay. I was You're I was late. around. I may not have been around, but I was around. Well, you know I love me some Ashton Kutcher, especially after you sent me my happy birthday shout out. Okay? You know what I miss? I miss Vivo. I miss when Vivo played on TV or it was like MTV. Oh, yeah. I miss those days. I remember I remember we was at uh, grandma's apartment and Vivo came on and it was the What's Your Name video with Rihanna and Drake. I remember watching that. That oh, Nana. Yes, I always yeah. talking about me because my nickname was Nana. Yeah. So I was talking about me. Mind you, this woman don't know who I am. Uh, no, I genuinely love you. Love you. You are Rihanna Ernie to this day. Yes, I am part of the Navy. I am a part of the Navy. The Navy. Yes, I am part of the Navy. I am part of the Hive. I am part of Barbs. So don't come for me. Okay. Don't come for me. Listen, I'm an R&B to this day. I hear you, girl. Holy Trinity, Rihanna, Nikki, Beyonce, the Holy Trinity, R&B. To this day, ah, yes, it's a whole that. thing. It's a whole thing on Twitter. R and B, dead serious. Like they made the day they drop an album together, it'd be over for all of you. Yeah, and we gotta go. No, hold on. Yeah. I remember. And that's the thing about music today, because it's kind of social media. Back then, people in the two thousands, well, the nineteen nineties, they didn't really have technology like that. So well, we had computers. Hold on, can I finish my point? Yeah, go ahead. You had people like Olivia who really had a voice, and she could transfer over it because once you got once you got into the Y2K, it's like technology really just took over. Social media took over, and some people couldn't make that transfer over the transition yes yeah, somebody couldn't make that transition like anything beyond 2006 it was hard to transition past definitely definitely it's like you know it really it wasn't there anymore and i didn't know what watch came that for the longest time it, it it literally means the year 2000 why today year 2k 2000 i was like oh snap that's smart. And y'all can see the shock on my face. That's right smart. Now. Listen, you learn anything. Oh and that's my bad TikTok. I learn a lot of stuff from TikTok. Shoot, I do most of my reading on TikTok. I'm a TikTok and I just felt so old, y'all. Yes, yes. And, and music ties into social media because people nowadays they have ice spice and people like them. They make singles. No, no shade on ice spice. 
you know, I'm part of the, I'm part of Spice Cabinet too. Yes. <laughs> yes, they call him the Spice Cabinet, which is very clever. I must say, that's very clever. Now, yeah, I'm wrapping it up. What I'm, what I'm about to say is, you know, people make singles, right? And then when they're out, when some make a debut album, it's like they use the recycled singles and put it on there. Prince said it, Kate said it, people sample samples. Yeah. You don't know what sample anymore. They filter it, they, they use all this technology to try and make your voice louder or make your voice quicker or whatever. Right. You don't know what's real and what's fake. You don't know who sampled what and then there goes the people who are, you know, being hounded on because they didn't give this person credit. How am I supposed to know who it was when I don't really know who it was? You can't blame people for not knowing and then say that it's not the team's fault, it's the team. Their team fault. Stuff happens, stuff slips, you know? Right. And it's a quote, you know, it's a quote, um... Who was I about to quote? Right. No, I wasn't quoting this. Oh, I'll quote Beyonce. She said, No one makes albums anymore. They don't make albums. They don't make albums. The bodies of work that ties into each other, that transition songs. You're like, Wait, that's a new song? And then, who? What happened to people actually talking? People actually saying something in their music? Right. Nowadays, right, it's not even a bar. When people back then dropping triple unconscious on you that went over your head and you come back to that song two, two years later and you're like, oh, you're not woke. You, you're not woke. You're not the culture. You don't know. Girl, when I was listening to Prince's 1999 album, let me tell you. People, people love the shade, to shade all these people. And they love to say they're not they talking about me, but no. They don't. And the thing is, they're just trying to shade all the people saying, oh, they're doing this because they're famous, or they're doing this for the money, they don't want to for whatever, right? But in the music, they actually said something. Like, Raider hated it. Like, people, people shade Jay-Z because, you know, he's old, and who really wants to listen to Jay-Z? He's actually speaking fat. He's speaking straight up fast. At the, what was it, the Grammys, right? Yeah, and people were shading him because they said he was mocking God. You can love or hate the man. But you, when he's saying something, and that really means oh, something. Oh, he was saying something at the Grammys. That was for sure. Like, I, I recently watched a uh, B-Sides, his B-Sides performance. And mm-hmm. the freestyle, he said, he said, you can't put crabs in a barrel. And they're gonna act how they're gonna act because right. crabs in a barrel—that's not their natural habitat. So you look when you put people in a in a, in a society or in a neighborhood, you put black people in a neighborhood, they're right. gonna act how they're gonna act. What do you expect from them, right? And then they step on each other's backs to get out, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And if that top crab hooks onto the top, and you know how crabs. They connect to each other. Mm-hmm. If they connect to each other and pull everybody out, it's gonna happen. Yeah, and that's what he was saying. I thought that was the wonderful, you know, at that point. Yeah, that was that was really great about the crabs in the barrel. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but people don't make albums anymore. No, they don't. No. 
Like, I want to listen to an album. Artistry is not the same as, like... Creativity the- isn't the same. Originality isn't the same. I want an album. I don't want a little short two-minute song. I want a body of work that I can actually enjoy. People love the shade that people that actually do make albums and are actually, like, really great and say they're overrated. But I think this is the problem with society. Is that this is what kind of you really just don't understand it. Yeah, this is, like I was saying too, this is what really segues us into, you know, the the last kind of conversation was happening. Mm-hmm. What else is happening is that, you know, when someone really does stand on their own beliefs, not only are they criticized for it, but they can also be killed for it. Like Kanye. People love to get on Kanye. Well, Kanye didn't. Kanye. Listen, he may be crazy. He may be crazy, yeah. but he's saying stuff that five years late, five years later, you realize, wait, that man was actually saying something, and now it's come, and we don't Kanye know. Kanye is very controversial, and that's like yeah. a whole nother topic for a yeah. whole nother <laughs> So we're not, not going to too much on that. Yeah. Not too much but on that. Kanye, Kanye's take on creativity and world issues and things like that is definitely yeah it's a very unique experience yeah you you have to to it's like the people that get it get it like if you know you know right yeah and people so many people are so uncultured it it boggles my mind that you don't know your own history it's not that i'm woke i've don't even really tie into world culture. Right. But it's like it's basic knowledge that you should know. You should know about creativity. And when people speak on creativity and speak the truth, you say, oh, they're overrated or they're outdated. They don't know what they're talking about. You listen to people who don't even make sense. You listen to people that aren't saying anything. Right. They yeah. they 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 aren't. They incite riots. They don't. They don't care about you. They don't pay attention to anything you're doing. They. They genuinely don't care. And to end this, and die into our next segment from another quote by um. Another quote by Beyonce. She said, "My name overrated. They're on. They're on my team. So." To tie into the next thing, school shootings, which also tie into TikTok. Because they think that TikTok, yes, some of the students on TikTok did kill people, but what about school shootings? Right. Do you you like what? They get it from music. Right. A lot of them get it from music, which ties into the whole thing. Everything, if you really think about it, everything is full circle. The world is not as big as it seems. It's actually very small. Very small. You know, some people might say the earth is flat, the earth is round. But at the end of the day, it's still very small. It's not as big as people would think it is. Right. Yeah, and so yeah. to really touch on the subject of school shooting, but I read a article in the New York Times, and it was published, like I said, five years ago, and it was saying that in 
mid-April this year alone, the Gun Violence Archive had um, reported that there were 116 mass shootings this year counting. That's all? Just this year. Well, since mid-April, it, it's about mid-April, almost the end of And April. we're not even halfway into... This, this year, year exactly. there's only nine months left. I feel like it time went fast. There's only nine months left in this year, and already, already, that's messed up. Like, people was on New Year's, like, 2024 is gonna be my year, it's gonna be the year of greatness. Mm -hmm. well, wow, and this is the thing, too, wow. because last year, the same um nonprofit organization, um, which I'll put the information on in the show notes. But the Gun Violence Archive, they counted 647 uh, mass shootings, and 21 of them involved five or more fatalities. They're crazy. Being, I counted one, two, three, four, five dates. So it was the 15th and the 10th of April, the 27th of March, the 19th of, and the 17th of February. These are just a few dates. All of those dates. There were fatalities in those shootings, in that's, those mass shootings. That's wild. And some of it is it's the South. It, it really is the South. But it, it can those, happen. All of those shootings were in the South. Yeah, it's Tennessee. It's Texas. It's Florida. It's it's the South, right? But, mm -hmm. you know, it can happen anywhere. But uh, it's the majority in the all South. Of those, all of those it's, it's a problem. have very strict gun laws to the point where like no, they, they don't. are no when I say they have strict gun laws I mean their gun laws are very pro second amendment right the right to bear arms and what really it's, are it's the amendments under the guise to be honest to be honest but it's all under the guise of quote unquote peacekeeping or it's like, not under the guise of wanting to be safe. Mm. But in actuality, these laws aren't doing anything but inciting more violence. Yes. And causing more death. People are causing discrimination. Yeah. Causing inequality. Yeah. None of these laws are protecting anybody. No, they're judging you. You know, they're protecting. They're protecting the government. That's what they're protecting. But are they? You have to realize that people don't care. They don't. They don't care. They genuinely, they genuinely don't care. If you look at the fine prints within these laws, you can see how minimal they are. That it's not a. They don't. They didn't even put too much thought in it. It's like, oh, if you do this big crime, you got to do a grammatical class or two months in jail. Human beings who have not arrived um, at a higher level of consciousness don't have the capacity no. to care for other human no. beings. So they don't create laws that will protect other humans. No, they don't. They don't know what peace is. Right. They think they, all it is is fear. That's what it is. People right. are afraid. So they incite fear. Yes. Hurt people hurt people. Right. They are afraid, genuinely. And they um they expelled two two members uh who are um 
representatives. Two representatives. They expelled them. School board members. I remember you telling me. Yeah, I think, I think that's what they were. And yeah, because they, they decided they decided to join in with the protesters who were literally children and parents. Yeah. They literally said, "Stop killing us." That's what that their chant was: "Stop killing us." You need to fix these laws. Like you have, you have the power to fix these laws. You should fix these laws. And also, I also find it funny that you know blocks named after, you know, um, civil rights leaders and stuff like that. Like Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. Apparently, that's notoriously dangerous. That's not what they stood for. They didn't stand for danger. They didn't stand for fear. But they were afraid. Don't get me wrong. They were afraid. They didn't stand for fear. They didn't let you. Right. They, didn't, they didn't let you know that they were afraid for their lives. Do that. They were being raped. They were standing up for what they felt was right. And the thing about it too is that they didn't use violence to not nah. get rid of violence. People, violence listen, a lot of misconceptions in the world is that the Black Panther movement was very violent. Right. They didn't want violence. Not at all. You brought violence. They brought violence. They matched your energy. So whatever you gave them, they gave it back. So you can't blame anybody for reacting to your actions. Yeah. It's it's literally chemistry, actions and reactions. You do this, I do that. But you tell me to, you know, worry about my reaction like you didn't just do this to me and expect me to walk away from it. Right. Because so I have respond. Yeah, because I have enough peace in my life to do that. Because I'm at that mentality or at that state where I can go, you know, un where I can go, not you know, speaking on it. Right. I, I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. Crazy. It's all it's all fear. This world is a That's what it dangerous is. place, but I think that, like I said, when you are a being who has reached a higher level of consciousness, you have the ability to care yeah. just as much as hurt people can hurt people. Yeah. People have the ability to heal. Yeah. And I think that's the important piece that has to be focused on. Yeah. Because when you use that feeling and that light to go into the mm-hmm. darkness, you can exist in that darkness with a sense of duality in order to drive out darkness. Because like I said, like violence is not yet violence. So darkness can't be get more darkness. Like that it just eventually the darkness has to end. Because the sun always rises. Yeah. Yeah. Um but that that's uh, that's another thing. Um you know, they, they didn't assassinate Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X and all these right. other people. But and, and John F. Kennedy and I find right. it funny that they haven't assassinated anyone else. It, you know, it's it's fear because they're afraid that they were so ahead of their time mm-hmm. that they were afraid of, the people were afraid of a new challenge. But now it's it's Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Because they're so ahead of their time. And now it's like they don't they don't want to assassinate nobody because they're not ahead of their time. They're with their program. But you know, and 
it's not necessarily a thing of like really even acknowledging or recognizing and defining it as an assassination because too like when you look at like individuals like Nipsey Hussle and you think about like yeah he in his community and yeah, put that because people are afraid of people who know what they want. Right. People are afraid of people who are on a different level of mindset, on a different level of enlightenment. People are afraid of people who have the ability to make an actual impact yes. that is change. They're, they're afraid of people who know, who have a sense of peace in their life, right. who don't need to flaunt who, not only who they are, peace, but can create more peace. Yes. Yeah, so I, like, it's crazy that they, they killed them. It was like, like a, how dare you come up in my neighborhood and try and change it? Like, who do you think you are? And it's, that's sad because he was just trying to help. At the end of the day, like the crabs in a barrel. Right. He was he was pulling people out. He was trying exactly. to make his neighborhood better. Right. And he uh Jay did mention Nip in the in the besides freestyle. So right. yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Cause he had he had so much more to get to this world. So much more chance. But you know what I think too, and it was something that he said and it's it's a message that Lauren London, who is um, the mother of his child, is, is the message that he get that you know she continues to carry is that his legacy is so much bigger than his human body. So yeah. Even if he's not here, his spirit. Is yeah. It, people, people are also afraid of people who can create that legacy. They yeah. look at them like, how dare you create generational wealth within your family? But don't right, give it that, back to other people. You'll do that. Is that that wealth? It goes beyond just that. Right. Thing. Right. So because you don't know what the next generation is gonna do with that wealth. Right. You know, people. It's wealth of knowledge. It's yeah. Wealth of community, people are afraid. Spirit. Yeah, people are afraid of people who have that that wealth mentality. That that wealth right. knowledge. When they when they when they rap well, like rappers, right? Rappers who have that wisdom, you call them old and outdated, but they're giving you knowledge on how to build your empire like they built theirs. They're giving you they're giving you a formula that actually works yeah. that many people have not created. That's why you have all these billionaires and people mm -hmm. buying up properties. Because they actually listened to what these people were talking about and took that knowledge and gained from it. They grew. People right. people need room to grow. They're like flowers. You know, you have to treat them right. You have to be able to cut those dead petals off to grow. Right. You have to be able to know how to nourish the environment yes. better and so yes. that you can create more growth, more generational wealth yeah. beyond the material thing that's in front of you. Yeah, and, and again, on, on music, you know, I'm not going to judge too many people now because in five years, they can drop an album or whatever, and you can really hear growth from music because that's what right. music is. Music is growth. You know, back then, the back then, Jay wasn't really talking about what he's talking about now. Right. 
you know, you, you have to grow. It comes with age. You have to grow. You have to create that wisdom within yourself. Right. So, yeah. Say la vie. Yeah. I know what that means. Oh, okay. Yeah, I do. Who knows how many languages you know? Wait. Oh, okay. Oh, that's that's Yiddish. This this means oh my gosh. Wait, I thought wait it was French. No. Wait, ve? Okay, exactly. Okay, that's French. Either way, I know French and. Well, yeah, yeah. work on that. And it was so good. So I can see you guys. And until next time. Bye. What else is happening? Bye. For well over 10 years now, I've been practicing meditation and mindfulness. More recently, I've combined my practice of yoga and meditation for a more holistic approach. After my car accident, it became a bit difficult and honestly uncomfortable to spend 20 to 30 and even 10 minutes sometimes in any meditative position. I wasn't about to give up meditation and I needed to make sure I wasn't going to do more harm to my body when I was doing good for my mind. Mindful of modern meditation cushions are not only beautifully designed so as to blend in effortlessly with your home, They provide the best quality of support for your meditative needs from cushions to benches and even meditation chairs. They also have apparel, which is great for transition from meditation to yoga. They also have candles, which create a beautiful atmosphere when you're doing either yoga or meditation. Use my code ANIMAYANA for 15% off your entire purchase Mindful and Modern's mission is to normalize meditation by creating a beautiful, life-enhancing product that encourages well-being for all. Mental self-care is essential, not optional. Namaste. You guys, I have to admit that honestly, sometimes I forget that she's 13 because she is so wise beyond her years. But on to our conversation because JJ will be back for more of what else is happening. But uh, there are just so, so, so many things that are going on in this world that we, just like we were talking about, we have to talk about. And I just want to collectively take a pause and take a moment to take a deep inhale and exhale and just acknowledge the insurmountable amount of loss in all areas that we may be experiencing in this present moment. I just want you to know that I see you and I acknowledge you and we are all in this healing space together. So let's just take an inhale and exhale. And I don't know about you, but that makes me feel so much better. And I really wanted to touch on today's subject because I just, I've been feeling this calling, this pulling, this universal, like I said earlier, when we first started the show, this 
buzzing. Like I'm just so energetically charged to really talk to you guys about this and to just reach as many people as possible on this subject. And let's just talk about radical acceptance. So by profession, I do some pretty heavy work. I work with people who experience grief and who are grieving in their daily lives in various ways. So the subject of grief is not something, or the topic rather, is not something that's new to me at all. Early in my studies when I was an undergraduate, like I I did tell you guys that I wanted to be a pediatrician, but when I transitioned into becoming a psychology major, I always said that like I wanted to be a crisis and trauma treatment counselor um, due to some things that transpired along my life journey. And I just felt this calling that like I wanted to help individuals who were dealing with trauma and I wanted them, I wanted to help them cope. And I always wanted to do it. And I've always been interested in unconventional ways of healing. I never in any aspect of healing leaned into traditional healing. That was never my realm of being in in any way. Like I've always, you know, gone gone to teas and um like heating pads, ice, you know, things like that. Uh I've I've gone to herbal remedies and when I say herbal I do mean, you know, um herbs that you find in the stores, um, sage and thyme and ginger, things like that, Chinese medicine, all different, all different ways of, of healing, traditional ways of healing versus, and again, unconventional ways of healing have always been my niche, so to speak. Um, so in my profession now, and as a life coach, I'm known as being trauma informed, which is extensively layered. Um, and we really could just spend hours talking about it, but for the purpose of what we're here for, the energy of today, um, Basically, it's, you know, just recognizing the signs of an individual who has experienced trauma and and ensuring that their safety is addressed in a way that will provide them with the care that is needed the most to warrant a maximum outcome. That's really what the essential essence of being trauma-informed means from the area that I'm speaking in today. And initially, when I wanted to talk about this subject, I was going to call this episode, let's talk about grief. But in reality, especially when I wrote my blog post about grief, I wrote it. Um, and I when I wanted to dive into it, which we'll dive into it a little bit later, Um, it was about reframing grief 
and the way that we grieve, the experience of grief. And the way in which I examined this was, again, unconventional, which is something that really comes natural to me. And I looked at grief through the lens of radical acceptance. So let's talk about radical acceptance. I spoke about being trauma-informed and I did so because I think it's important to understand that grief, it is a form of trauma. And when you hold on to emotions that grief can evoke inside your body, it causes disturbances, which is what trauma is. And if you don't let go of all that disturbance within you, it can physically kill you. It can hurt you and it can do things to your mind, your body, your spirit, your soul that was never meant for you. And I always say, you know, if this resonates, especially because this is a difficult subject, please know that I am holding space for you. And if it does not resonate, I still see you and I'm still holding space for you as always. I think it's in order for us to reframe and redefine grief and grieving, we got to define it now. So let's define grief. When I was doing the research for the blog post, which I titled, and this, the piece that I wrote, it will be in the show notes as well. I titled it The Radical Acceptance of Grief. I def- when I looked up the definition of grief, it was defined as deep sorrow, especially that causes that's caused by someone's death. And when I looked up the definition of grieving, because I think what people don't really understand is that grief and the action of grieving are actually two different things. Grieving is actually to cause suffering, distress. And to feel or show grief over. And I've said it many times before. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. And within that experience, we have not always the consciousness to not create attachments with these identities. So because we are not always conscious of these attachments, we create these identities and we often end up grieving them, not even realizing that we can grieve so many different things. And we grieve things like a child leaving home if you're a parent. We can grieve things like gaining a new family member. I had a discussion with my, not JJ, but my other sister, and we were talking about how her being um, not the youngest anymore, you can go through the stages of grief in a process like that. If you are a middle child and you have to gain, or if you were a second child and now you're gaining a younger sibling then you become the middle child 
gaining that new identity can evoke the feeling of grief. And now you have to grieve a new identity. You can grieve things like a business readjustment in your professional career, changes in your financial status, marital separations. You can grieve relationships. The death of a close family member is a big one that we grieve, especially when you don't have closure in your relationship with your family member or if that relationship was not an easy one. Just to name a few things. Grief and grieving are the hardest emotions in the world that we have to navigate in this human experience. I'm not saying that it's not okay to grieve because it absolutely is like, please know that it is okay not to be okay. Absolutely move through every single aspect of not feeling like you cannot show up in your life. And if somebody tells you that you're not what you're feeling is not acceptable, they're wrong. Know that. Like, live in your truth. Be in your truth. And if your truth is that, like, today I feel like shit, say it. Feel it. Be in it. Express it. Because that's the reality. And know that every day is not going to be sunshine, rainbows, roses, unicorns, butterflies, And that's okay. But that is what really moves us into reframing grief. Because you have to celebrate that too. Celebrate yourself knowing and being in your truth and saying, I accept the fact that I am dealing with this moment in time in my life where I don't feel okay because this is something that I'm going through but I'm going through it and I'm going to come out of it and I'm going to be okay but right now I'm not show up just like that show up for yourself and when I say radical acceptance of grief I mean In the article that I wrote, I I talk about the, instead of going through the seven stages of grief, moving through the seven stages of radical acceptance. So that being feeling the emotion. So like I said, say, I feel like shit because you feel like shit. Or, you know, get a feelings chart, a feelings wheel, and whatever emotion that you feel like you need to move through that day move feel it move through it if you're angry be angry if you're sad be sad if you're happy be happy if you hear my cat i am so sorry she is a needy little thing so forgive her um if you're feeling needy be needy say i feel needy and i need some attention like my little raja cuz she needs attention sometimes but show up like that and accept the present moment that's the second part Then make peace with your past. Even if that person is not here that you have grief from, that you're feeling that sorrow from, you can still make peace with that. 
and you can make peace with the past within yourself because the the biggest piece of forgiveness is to forgive yourself. And then from that, you gain a new perspective on life. And that also comes with the radical acceptance piece. It's not bargaining, but it's forgiving. And understand that every day you will not be okay. And that is 100% okay. Just show up for yourself. And accept that your new present moment is your new present moment. And once you get there, you celebrate the hell out of yourself because you did that. You did that work. You made sure that every single solitary moving piece made you the new version of who you are. And you did not zombify yourself. You did not attach yourself to that past of what could have been you let go and you're this new person and you radically accepted the fact that what happened then you did not let it break you but you let it transform you into being this new incredible amazing new soul and you go into your new life with a whole new celebration of who you are now going to be. We don't have to grieve our lives. We don't have to grieve what we think we lost. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be hurt. It's okay to be angry. It's 100% okay. But what's not okay is for us to be stuck in our lives when we can celebrate our lives the way that we are meant to because life is a precious gift that is given to us each and every moment that we have to wake up and be present in it. So be present in your life and radically accept it for what it is each and every moment of it. I'm rooting for all of you and I'm so grateful for you and I really hope that this helped you to radically accept all that is And all that is going to be. And until next time, beautiful beings, celebrate yourselves. Show up for yourselves and be well. Thank you so much for sharing your energy with me today. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, and review the show. Check out the forum on my website and follow me on Instagram. All the links are in the show notes. And until next time, be well. And I can't wait to find out what else there is to talk about.